Welcome, beloved people of God. Today we will be talking about what your occupation really is. In light of all the pain and suffering you've been through, today we'll look at a vibrant way to reclaim what is really yours. Stay tuned. Come on, lift your voices. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast, everybody. Really excited to bring a brand new fresh word from heaven. And uh, when you know where heaven dwells, you know you're dealing with the Lord Jesus Christ in your atmosphere. You're dealing with the Lord Jesus Christ and His Father in your heart. Because God has made it pri privileged to you. That your home can be a home and an atmosphere of heaven. That means heaven and earth is united through the blood brought, the blood bought sacrifice that Jesus made available for you. Whether you're coming to the table today and you know that you are a sinner, that means that you are somebody that has missed the mark somehow, some way in life. And you know that you're in the presence of somebody that has knowledge and you recognize the presence of heaven in this encounter then I just want you to sit back and just receive if you are somebody that absolutely is coming to the table as a son and daughter to God and you know your occupation you know that your privilege in life is to worship the Lord and that means just 
not just in word but in deed that means not just in word saying I worship you Lord but that you're practicing a life of righteousness now I want to make some clarifications when I say practicing a life of righteousness what I mean is that you are living in the blood-bought privilege of being restored to your original righteousness in Christ the Adamic breath of God that breathed his presence in a man and born a son and when you realize that righteousness is restored to you then you realize that you are in a place today where you've always been you're in a place today that was preordained before the foundations of the earth you're in a place today that you were chosen to walk in because you were born from heaven born from heaven before you even knew it in the womb born from heaven before you even knew it on the earth before you were even awakened to the reality of heaven on the inside of you you understand that you've been restored to that Edenic nature you've been restored to that heavenly perspective and you own heaven and earth because you are like Abraham that speaks to his Lord and says you are Lord of heaven and earth and if you're like Jesus on the earth today because he says that you're made in his image then you're Lord of the Sabbath and you are Lord of the harvest of the harvest so today we're going to be looking at a portion of scripture that the Lord spoke himself while he was on the earth and uh, many people don't recognize the weight of his words um, many people don't recognize that when Jesus spoke he spoke with weight and uh, we're gonna turn today to the book of Malachi chapter 3 now this is a highly disputed word uh, among the heretics of the day um, I've heard a lot of grace teachers and I'm not against grace teachers I'm very much for the grace movement but um, if you've listened to any of my previous broadcasts, you realize the grace movement did one thing detrimental to their own livelihoods. And that is because they, like David, in the day of seeing the unrighteous priesthood and the unrighteous kingdom of the day, um, largely the kingdom, not the priesthood, but the kingdom, David recognized that... Um, Saul was living in disobedience and had reaped a curse upon the land because of his disobedience to the law and David befriended the camp of the Philistines and when David befriended the camp of the Philistines and his elder brother Cain uh, he absolutely became semi-lawless and um, you only know that because um, he was restored at the place of Ziglag and largely when he encouraged himself in the Lord you look at the results of what the Lord brought to him in that moment of encouragement and it says that he restored the kingdom of God in Israel and the restoration was the bringing in of the divine ordinances of God and the building of the temple to come and he was largely doing something that many people think is Old Testament, bringing in the ordinances of God. But they didn't realize that it was a type and shadow of the new kingdom, the new kingdom reality of heaven on earth. 
Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. Jesus came to fulfill and uphold the law. And what many people don't realize is that the covenant of the old covenant was originally something that God brought to the children of Israel based on the covenant that he had with Abraham. Okay? He was not trying to remove the covenant of Abraham. He was trying to augment knowledge among the tribes of Israel. And when he came to bring the law, the interesting thing is, John chapter 1 says, <clears throat> the Gospel of John chapter 1 says that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. What they don't realize is anytime Jesus is present, grace and truth is what he embodies in himself. So what that means is when grace and truth is present, that's what he's bringing to the earth. So when he met with Moses, the reality is he was bringing grace and truth to Moses. And the original intent of the law was not to condemn his people. What it was, what it was originally intended to do was to bring the salvation knowledge of the kingdom and the foreshadow and teaching of the kingdom that Jesus would bring in as he came to the earth. So, Jesus came with the law in grace and truth. Okay, So, he intended the law to be received as David received it through the mercy that David is known for. Okay, The key of David is that David humbled himself by the means of a sacrifice and had a clear conscience to worship God. And in his clear conscience to worship God, God taught him the keys of the kingdom on how to bind and loose. That's how he restored the marketplace back to Israel. That's how he restored uh, land back to Israel. That's how he restored health back to Israel. Because he began to reinstate the ordinances of God from a position of worship and a position of mercy because he understood grace. But the reality is, and so did Moses, but the reality is, when Moses introduced the law, it says that the law was introduced by Moses because the children of Israel did not receive the law of grace and truth through Jesus Christ. They didn't receive it from a position of grace. They didn't receive it in the position of grace that he outpoured on Abraham to deem Abraham righteous. They received it as disobedient to the covenant of Abraham. And so it gave a particular administration known as the administration of death. Okay? Because of their disobedience to the prior covenant with Abraham. That's their, that's their only disobedience is they were disobedient to what we're called to recognize when the Holy Spirit convicts somebody of unbelief. He's convicting them of unbelief because he wants to convict you of God's righteousness. And I'm not talking about God's righteousness to keep the law, to be righteous. I'm talking about God's righteousness to impute righteousness to you as a free gift and then give you the privilege and mercy to learn of God's ordinances so that you can live in a position of health and healing. Many people say that the old covenant law does not, does not, does not matter anymore today. And I'm saying, no, he did not abolish the law. Jesus said in his own words, he did not come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it and uphold it. That's what faith does. Romans chapter 3 says, faith upholds the law. 
okay? So if you're walking in faith, then you have the privilege and honor to walk at Jesus' feet and fall at his feet and listen at his feet. And what does he teach you? Well, gold is under his feet. So if you're at his feet, then you recognize gold is under his feet. And when he was on the earth, you recognize he was walking as an inheritor of the land of Israel. And you recognize what was under his feet was owned. Okay? It belonged to him. And so when people came to his feet, they came to his feet recognizing they were sinners. They were slaves to the world system. They did not own what was under their feet. It was owned. It was occupied by Roman occupation. And they recognized he had a key and an answer. And a lot of times when he spoke, he spoke from the knowledge of the law. Because the knowledge of the law is the knowledge of the kingdom. And I'm not talking about old covenant law. I'm talking about the law of God. I'm talking about the law of, the, of God that was introduced to Moses. I'm not talking about the administration of death. I'm talking about the administration of the spirit that gave the commandments to Moses. Many people don't realize that the law of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. What that means is the law of life in Christ Jesus is the grace and truth in Christ Jesus that sets me free from the administration towards the disobedience of the people. You only receive the law through the righteousness imputed to you through the fulfillment of Abraham's covenant in Jesus. And when you walk in that kingdom reality that you're righteous then you get to learn from the law on how to step into realms of the kingdom or rooms within the mansion because each law is a key and we're going to talk about that today Malachi chapter 3 is a highly disputed uh, chapter because they, they say it's an old covenant chapter but many people don't realize and haven't counseled with the Holy Spirit as to what is actually being said as I was sitting at the feet of Jesus last night, Jesus began to speak to me about this chapter. And as he spoke to me, I was highly amazed at the amount of lawlessness that I've been taught in the past, and I had to repent. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to the temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Notice he's talking about John the Baptist. He's talking about himself coming to the temple. And he's talking about a messenger of a covenant. He's not talking about the old covenant because this is prophecy of the new covenant reality. He's talking about the covenant of Jesus' blood. But who may abide in the day of his coming? And who shall stand in at his appearing he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap notice it says who will stand it's because Jesus is weighty and he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver notice he will sit among sinners and he will be a purifier of silver notice he's purifying currency and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as silver and gold they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. He's talking about the imputed righteousness. He's talking about restoring the covenant of Abraham in his blood. Then shall the offering of Judah in, in Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord, as in the days of old, as in the former years. 
and I will come near to you in judgment. Notice he's coming to you in judgment. It means he's bringing a verdict. That means he's coming with substance to bring that verdict. And I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers. That means the disobedient. That means those who are living in rebellion. And against the adulterers. And against the false swearers, the heretics. And against those who oppress the hirelings in wages. And the widow and the fatherless. And turn aside the stranger from, the, from his rights. And fear not me, saith the Lord of hosts. Notice he's going to talk a very swift talk against the oppressors of the hirelings. Notice this is dealing with people's wages. For I am the Lord, I change not, therefore the sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, you, you have gone away from my ordinances. Notice he's talking about a new covenant reality. He's saying this is what I'm going to be saying in my day when I am here and have not kept them. Return unto me and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you say, where shall we, we return? Notice Jesus is saying that these people have turned away from his ordinances. He's coming to Israel in the days of his visitation and it's saying here that he is saying to them in his day when he arrives that they have turned away from his ordinances. Why would he be talking to the children of Jacob and saying they've returned, they have left aside his ordinances? And if Israel is the pinnacle picture of what he does throughout the nations, if he is the light to the Gentiles in Israel, then how much more is he speaking to the rest of the nations? of whom he seeks to give light to. The ordinances of God are the only way you learn about Jesus. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherewith have we robbed you? Notice his saying here. He's going to restore wages to the hirelings and to the widow and to the fatherless. Notice these are the lowest people in society. Everybody above them is only a benefit of, of helping the poor. He says, you have cursed me. He says, you have robbed me with tithes and offerings. He says, you are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even the whole nation. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that you may have meat in my house and prove me now. Notice he says, prove me now. Herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that will not have room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and you shall not destroy the fruits of the ground, neither the vine of her fruit before its time in the field, saith the Lord. And all the nations shall call, call you blessed, for you shall be delightful in the land, saith the Lord of hosts. Notice Jesus is saying here today that he's coming to restore the ordinances of God. Many false preachers, many people of the grace movement say that tithes and offerings are an old covenant law. And they say that the law of God, according to the old covenant administration, is no longer present in the new covenant. And I say yes and amen to the administration of death is no longer present in the 
in the communication of Jesus' righteousness. It is only applicable through Moses to those who despise grace and truth from which God's law comes from. If you receive the rebuke of Jesus today in your understanding, he is saying today that you have robbed God because you have not honored who? You have not honored who? You have not honored the priesthood. You have not honored the priesthood with tithes and offerings. Now what I understand about a tithe, if you step into the Old Old Testament and you study the administration of the law, the administration of the law is an ordinance, okay? What you're stepping away from in the Old Testament is you're stepping away from the ordinance that was administered unto death, okay? You want to step into the presence of Jesus on Mount Sinai and recognize the law of life in Christ Jesus was present to minister the law of God to Moses in grace and truth. The grace and truth of a tithe, if you if you study it in Leviticus, and we'll get there soon. If you study it in, Levit- in, Levi- in Leviticus, the Levitical um, commandments gave ordinance that a tithe should be taken in for oneself, okay, for your own priesthood, okay? It's like savings. You're taking aside a tithe to celebrate the Lord in a portion of the harvest that is set aside for yourself and your family, okay? That is found in the book of Leviticus. Now, I want you to realize a tithe is not just for your family as well. A tithe was a way of communicating wealth back in the day. A tithe absolutely was a position to um, honor other people for their knowledge. Okay, So kings and priests and noblemen of the day did not give out their knowledge unless somebody was willing to recognize their weightiness. And their weightiness was a position to say that... Um, you know, if you are going to sit at my feet, then you are going to furnish my table with meat. You're going to fin- furnish my table with carnal goods. Notice Paul talks about this all throughout Corinthians. Um, in the uh, in um, Second Corinthians eight and nine. He talks about um, he talks about the fact that if I sow spiritual goods, it is only due and fitting that you furnish me with carnal goods, okay? Because a priest foregoes working in the field. A priest foregoes working in the field. If he's really going to honor his priesthood, he makes the sacrifice, he steps away from mammon. He steps away from working for wealth and he devotes his life in worship to God so that the throne room encounter relationship with Jesus can be present in his home and he can hear the words of Jesus and restore the ordinances of God's kingdom. Because Jesus said that in his day, right? Paul said it, that in in the day of the Holy Spirit, the laws of God will be written on your heart. Well, what laws is he talking about? He's not talking about a, a supernatural law that 
somehow you you don't hear it in the Bible, you don't see it in the Bible, it's not written in the Bible, but it's just written in your heart. No, he's talking about David's position to receive through grace and mercy the ordinances of God written upon the tablet of his heart, the epistle of Christ, the written ordinances about his personages, his personage. The law absolutely talks from head to toe about Jesus. And we'll get into that. It absolutely talks head to toe about your neighbor. Many people don't realize that. The full stature of a man is summed up in seven commandments that Jesus taught at Mount Sin- or at Mount, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. He taught seven blessings, talking about the seven statures of a man, the seven, the seven measurements of a man, the size of the treasure on the inside, seven commandments. And then he talks about three ways to bless those who oppose you. He's talking about your neighbor. Okay? He was absolutely talking about the blessing of the law. He was absolutely commanding us to take comfort that blessed is the poor in spirit. Why? For theirs is the kingdom of God. What is that? It's the first commandment. Blessed is the poor in spirit because if they put first God in the imputed righteousness of Christ, if they put forth first for, forth the, the kingdom of God, all things would be added unto them. And then he went on to say, he said, Blessed are the poor, poor in spirit. And then he went on to say, um, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. What is that? That's the second commandment. Blessed are those who mourn. Why do they mourn? They need wisdom. What is that? Wisdom is the second spirit of God. It's all combined. The second spirit of God is wisdom. The first spirit of God is grace and truth by the Holy Spirit. The tributary of the kingdom goes into wisdom and understanding, which is the second and third law. That's the second and third spirit of God found in Isaiah. Now, wisdom gives a person that is mourning the gladness and joy to have vision. That's a lot of times the reason why people are mourning. They don't have vision. And vision is the realm of prophecy. It's the image of Jesus. That's why we are to have no other image before us but who? Jesus. We are to have no other master before us but God. We are to have no other master before us but Christ. The first two commandments. He's absolutely speaking about his identity known by the law of God. The third tributary of the Holy Spirit is the spirit of understanding. Spirit of understanding. Notice the spirit of understanding brings meekness. Bible says blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth how do you inherit the earth you have to understand you have to under be under the heavens and stand on the earth to be meek that means being possessor of heaven and earth that means having a dual citizenship and they shall possess the earth blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness notice the fourth commandment behind Jesus's words coming through from grace and truth himself. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What's that? That's the fourth spirit. The fourth spirit absolutely ministers the fourth law of God. The fourth spirit is a spirit of, of counsel. 
when you understand something you have something you can counsel that's what you work six days a week doing you counsel other people if you're a counselor if you're in need of counsel then you bring your carnal goods to the counselor and the counselor gives you counsel so you can step into your own procured priesthood okay that's what I'm doing here today counseling you so that you can step step out of six days working in the field as a servant right Jesus said servants don't abide in the house forever but he says what he says a son abides in the house forever right why because a son understands his position of priesthood the fifth particular law, uh, fifth particular blessing that Jesus spoke over the people from the law of God is he said that um, he said blessed are those who are merciful for they shall obtain mercy what is what is he saying there he's speaking from the fifth commandment which is to honor thy father and mother and what is what is the blessing of that the fifth spirit of God what is the fifth spirit of God if you if you're merciful to other people he says your throne will be mighty right it's this it's the spirit of might your throne of your home will be mighty notice I said the throne of your home you have a throne in heaven and you have a throne in in your home okay the sixth blessing was Jesus spoke and he said blessed are the pure in heart what is that it's the sixth commandment what's the opposite of murder it's to honor the temple okay that's the adoration and worship of God if you adore and worship God you'll be far from a murderer okay and he says blessed are those who are pure in heart right for they shall see God that's the sixth commandment and it's the sixth spirit of God which is a spirit of knowledge that's how you see God and then Jesus spoke the seventh blessing he said blessed are the peacemakers for they are the children of God that's the full stature from head to toe seventh spirit of God the seventh law of God you shall be faithful right you shall not commit adultery meaning that you will not be a, an adulteress from the Lord you will walk as a peacemaker that's the opposite of being an adulteress you will walk as a peacemaker and if you walk as a peacemaker then it says you're walking in a full stature and your feet are blessed notice I went from head where the Holy Spirit comes down upon your head pours out his oil down to your feet being a peacemaker the paths that you walk and the paths that you walk are blessed when you understand the seventh spirit of God which is the spirit of reverence and the seventh law of God which is thou shall not commit adultery and adultery just means when Jesus said he came to be a swift witness against the adulterers he's talking about people that do not feel that they have to um, walk in faith about the law of God and they don't honor the law of God he calls them adulteresses and sinners okay so We've touched on some very interesting and uh, very interesting facts today, and I wanted to keep this message semi-short to honor your time and to honor your privilege of an ear today. So I want you to recognize if you would love to uh, engage in a fuller realm of wisdom and revelation from from the throne room of God and talk about your 10x identity, the law of God fulfilled on the inside of you through Jesus Christ the person of grace and truth and you want to walk in the blessing and the administration of the law of life in Christ Jesus as it says in Romans chapter 8 then I encourage you to go to 
www.multiplythefire.com and go ahead and register today and take back the light that has been stolen from heresy. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Thank you.